welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Hello, Katie. And Cameron Spann. All rise. <gasps> Are you giving a teaser? I guess so. Okay, I know that this episode is supposed to be part two of Money Scripts, but we got a great opportunity dropped on our lap, or, you know, thrown at the bench. No, don't, don't, Katie. No, Dang it. don't. I was trying to quickly think about it. We got selected for, <laughs> for jury duty. No, Katie, stop. It's just... <laughs> We had the opportunity to have uh, to have a real live judge on our show, and we thought a uh, real live judge. That's like I'm a real boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. <laughs> no, yeah, we've got a cool opportunity to have a judge. I've known her for a long time, but um, we're we're gonna kind of just pick her brain. So it's not necessarily gonna be a financial episode, but when you have this opportunity, you have to seize the day and take it. And so, Money Scripts Part Two will be the next week. So yeah. we're just stretching it out a little bit because. Because we had this cool opportunity. Yep. Who's the judge? Who's our guest? Oh, you'll find out. Okay. Oh, secret, secret. It's going to be secret. secret. Before we tell you our judge, we let's... We got to do the list. We got to do the list. We got some pop culture judges. Yeah. Top judges in pop culture. Okay, so Court, is this your list or... No, I googled top pop culture judges and this is the list that came back when I googled it, so... Okay. Uh, y'all, feel free to, to throw in your own if you have some favorites that aren't on this list. But this is the list for the day. Okay, why don't you start it out? Okay, uh, number one on the list is Judge Judy. Everybody yeah, knows Judge Judy. Yeah. Everybody loves Judge Judy. Okay, uh, number two, Judge Wapner. This was before there was Judge Judy, there was Judge Wapner. He was the first judge of the People's Court in 1981 through 1993. And uh, made a reference in Rain Man. Number three, Judge Mills Lane. Now, he uh, he may be better known as a boxing referee, and he's actually in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Yeah. Let's get it on. Ah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> judge Joe Brown. Ah, a local judge who's made it to the uh, national scene. Ah. Um, Joe Brown was, was a local guy. Uh, but he, he also had a, a, a national television show, nationally syndicated television show. I mean, I do see that Doc Hudson from Cars is not on here, and he's a judge. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I guess he is the judge. Okay, yeah. I was thinking I, for some reason... His role is a judge. Yeah, I was... Yep. Okay. What about Lance Ito? Do y'all remember him? Or is he before your time? He's probably... I don't know that one. That would have been the early 90s, so yeah, y'all would have been children. Lance Ito... <laughs> His claim to fame was uh, he was the judge on the O.J. Simpson trial. It, like Jay Leno had uh, on on the Tonight Show had the dancing Edos, and I mean Judge Lance Edo was all over the place during the O.J. OJ trial. Huh. What about Harry Stone on NBC's Night Court? Yes. <laughs> Played by Harry Anderson. One of the, the coolest intro songs of a TV show ever. Bow down, bow down, bow, bow, bow. It's all bass. Slapping the bass. Slapping the bass. <laughs> okay, Judge Snyder. The Simpsons family ends up in court quite often. So this is, I guess, the judge from The Simpsons? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uncle Phil. Yeah. Such a lovable guy. Yeah. This so Phil Banks from um from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. He uh he was a judge, but everybody pretty much knew him as Uncle Phil. Oh, I'm jealous of I'm, this one. No, I'm letting you have this one. Okay, Judge Doom. And this is from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, actually, we went to a party several years back when Daniel and I were dating, and he dressed up as Judge Doom, and then 
carried around the shoe for the dip. Because mm. that's what you would put the yeah. cartoon characters in the poison. Oh, Judge Dude. And then what did, at the end when his eyes pop out of his head and. Ah! Okay, okay, I'm done. What about Judge Dredd, who serves literally as judge, jury, and executioner? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sil- no, which... Sil- Sylvester Stallone yeah. uh, portrayed he was, him, right? He, he was in the original Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd was, I think, remade recently. And I don't know who played him in the more recent. Carl Urban. Okay. That's right, yeah. Uh, next, this one's uh, kind of a kind of a stretch, but uh, Dolores Umbridge is is on here. She, of course, of Harry Potter fame, she was more well known for her appearance in Book Five, uh, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, where she was the uh, headmaster of Hogwarts for for a time and made Harry's life miserable. But then she reappeared in Book Seven and was the judge in charge of judging whether half-blooded and or muggle-born wizards were actually wizards. And, you know, if they weren't, she would take away their wand. The most hated character, even over Lord Voldemort. She was the worst. I hated her so much. I wish something more bad had happened to her. (laughs) Claude Frollo? I don't know if you pronounce it Frollo or Froyo. Um, (laughs) Or... Frollo. 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 It's probably oh, Frollo. Yeah. It's Italian. He's French. This is the judge and oh, antagonist of Hunchback of Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Oh, God, this guy was crazy. It says in Disney's version, he voiced by Tony Jay, who compared his performance to Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, he was a not a very nice judge. Thankfully, our, our guest judge is, is much nicer and is not anything like Claude Frollo. What about Amy Gray from Judging Amy? Now, I never saw this, but I just remember the ads when I was younger. I'm actually surprised that it is a show that Robin and I didn't watch because Robin loves procedurals and loves court drama and so forth. But we never watched it. But yeah, I'm kind of like you. I, I saw the ads and it was very popular for a time. Judge Wexler from the from Ghostbusters Part Two. You remember uh, yeah. they, they actually went into court and uh, and I think uh, Judge Wexler was like um, he like yelled at him and stuff and then <laughs> he was he was chased around by ghosts in electric chairs. I think I can't remember. He was he was he was chased by some ghosts that he had like yeah. had on trial. Okay, so Joseph Palmer. And this is from the judge. Which the is, judge. Which is actually when we started talking about this list, that's what pictured in my head was this was the movie Robert Duvall, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. He got a nomination for an Oscar for this performance. So he he was pretty good in this one. Do either of y'all kind of feel bad for Robert Downey Jr.? Like, I feel like he's tried a couple of times to, to break out of Tony Starkness and... None of the movies that he's done, other than other than the, the the Marvel movies, have really caught on and hit it big. With the exception of possibly, I guess, his Sherlock movies, they did pretty well. Yeah, he has eternally fused into yeah. Iron Man. I can't see him as anything else. Yeah. 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 Oh, this next one. Judge Holler from My Cousin My Vinny. My Cousin yes. Vinny, <laughs> played by Fred Gwynn, aka Herman Munster. I never I never realized that until I just read yeah. that. Yeah, and it's it's kind of one of those like a non legal person. Then I think. You know, pop culture, you think of court cases and stuff, and you kind of think of, like, Legally Blonde and how she proves it with the whole, you just got a perm. Mm -hmm. And with my cousin Vinny, I mean, she just, Marissa Tomei, does Mm -hmm. an incredible job in this. Now, this is a movie you do not watch with kids because they're the number of F-bombs that are dropped in this movie. But it is 
amazing. Oh, it's hilarious. It is such a great movie. I cannot tell you how many uh, continuing legal education seminars I've been to where uh, the person presenting has used clips from My Cousin Vinny (laughs) in whatever, you know. That makes me happy. (laughs) Yeah. It comes up frequently among lawyers. Yeah. This next one's a bit of a stretch because it's Judge Reinhold. Of course, uh, that's his name. Uh, his name is Judge Reinhold. He's the he's an actor. He was in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. He was he was a, in uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Was the first thing I ever saw him in. Huh. Which for for a while there he was all over the place. I haven't seen him in a movie in a long long time. Okay, it's not on your list, but what about Judge Henry Harper? He is the judge for Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh I mean, yeah. You David San- would probably you kill us Santa if we didn't Claus. him. Yeah. I mean, you were the judge, and you have Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Like. Ouch. That That's a hard, hard case. Yeah. Number 19, Mike Judge. Oh, the creator of uh, Beavis and Butthead and uh, King of the Hill. Oh, not, so, not an actual judge, yeah, just so his he, last name. He's yeah. just, oh. Yeah, and a that's famous like this, judge. This, this last guy, Katie, you take him because I know you're a baseball fan. Um, Aaron Judge could, could probably hit a home run with a gavel if he really wanted to. New York Yankee slugger. He hit over 50 home runs as a rookie. So, not a judge. No, but, but I will throw one more okay. judge for movie. Mm-hmm. Judge Smalls, Caddyshack. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got one to add that's Jordan. recently famous, whether she liked it or not. The judge from the uh, Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh yeah, Penny yeah. Penny as as correct. I don't know how to say her name. I don't recall ever actually seeing the judge mm-hmm. because most of the clips I saw were clips of of one of the attorneys or one of the witnesses. But you would often hear the judge, especially during that one <laughs> that one clip where Depp's lawyer just kept objecting. <laughs> And you just keep hearing the judge say, sustained. Yeah. Sustained. Yeah, we'll say the attorneys were the stars of that show. I'll call it a show. Yeah. <laughs> it was a it was a show. That's, it was well, big, those cases become very public. Okay. But did we say the judge Randolph from A Few Good Men? No. That's it, I mean, that's yeah, another court another case good, that I would yeah. feel like maybe is brought up in mm-hmm. some of your legal continuing educations. But And then the judge in To Kill a Mockingbird. I don't yeah. know what the judge's name is, but I mean Yeah, I mean there's there's so many pop culture judges and yeah. I mean that's I think that there's definitely you have an opinion one way or another about judges generalized. <laughs> it's a very generalized opinion. But I'm hoping that our fabulous guest we can kind of uh well are questions. you finally gonna tell people who the fabulous guest yes. is i know her is mary but it is judge mary wagner ah. okay well we're excited to have a guest i mean it's, I'm been, exci- a while. it's been way too long yeah. and uh we got a judge in the house. I know. I'm a little nervous. Judges always make me nervous. <sighs> so th- th- I've known this one a very long time, and I think she's really sweet. So That's... don't be scared. Okay. Well, I mean, I I, I know her. I mean, obviously, <laughs> it's kind of hard. Well, to... you can't not know of her. Being a lawyer, I know. I at least know most of the the judges in the city by by name, if not by face. But I actually know her. We were discussing before the podcast. I know her because she was in law school. Uh, where I went to law school, so I, you know, oh. I at least recognize her face, and I'm like, hey, I we, we don't <laughs> actually know each other, but I know you. Hi. <laughs> so anyway, who is it, Katie? So drum roll, please. Ah, uh, no. 
Gavel, gavel hammer. <laughs> there we go. There you go. <laughs> Judge Mary Wagner. Hey, Mary. Ooh. Hello. Good morning. Okay. So, uh, why are you a judge? <laughs> <laughs> Just get right to it. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Um, part of this podcast, we talk about that a lot of times you're you're stuck in your bubble of if your mom's a teacher you kind of go education route. If your dad's a lawyer, you kind of go that way. But some people... I, 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 let me interject. I have been forbidding my children to go into law for <laughs> forever, for their entire lives. All they've heard from me is, no, do not be a lawyer, do anything else. But that's just me. So, yeah. yeah. But you're, you're exposed to what you're around. And yeah. so... For, but you're in finance, for instance. I am in finance. <laughs> and yeah. Did you always know that you wanted to be a judge? Was that the end goal? I always knew. I, I laugh at the story because my parents are both lawyers, and they were like, don't you want to be a teacher? How about a nurse? <laughs> they, um, they tried to steer me different directions. But no, since elementary school, I remember in elementary school, we had career day, and we had to sign up for who you were going to go talk to. And my dad was the lawyer, and I signed up for the lawyer. And the teacher's like, you can't go talk to your dad. I'm like, it's not my dad. It's the lawyer. That's yeah. what, so, it's what I'm interested it's in. It's what I'm interested in. So yes, I've always, the, the legal field and the, the court system has always attracted me. Cool. I mean, it's very much needed. I would would imagine it's a hard job and sometimes um, not thanked very well. We're kind of out of sight, out of mind in many ways until until you need a, a good lawyer, a good judge, or you're caught up in a bad situation. But it, I think that what attracted me to it is it's the important role it does play in our community, the court system, and solving problems and helping people. And But yeah, we're, we're kind of out of sight, out of mind a lot of ways. Obviously, court, I'm sure you knew this, but uh, being kind of just a basic citizen, and I feel like a failure that I didn't realize this, here in Memphis right now, there is... What'd you say, 40 judges? Depending on where you live, about 40. Um, there's the municipal race in the city of Memphis, and some of the suburbs have their own municipal races. There's the circuit, chancery, probate, general sessions. The appellate judges are up for retention election. So, there's the- so yeah, the state of Tennessee, the Supreme Court, the appellate courts, they don't run for election per se, but people have to vote to keep them on the court. Mm-hmm. Then all of your local judges actually are elected to their positions as judge once every eight years Mm -hmm. eight years years. once every eight years they have to go through the election process so it's not like federal judges that that get appointed and basically have a seat for life all of the local judges have to run and be chosen by the electorate to serve as a judge so we're going through it right now it's gotta be there's so many signs out there right now Mm. okay so it's not like you can sit there and say hey i'm a lawyer i want to be a judge Everyone has to decide that. Well, yeah. we'll actually let Mary get a word in edgewise, but <laughs> so I, I have is... known some people that have just gone like, hey, I want to be a judge, yeah. so and let, they put let, their name on a, on a board. break it back down. So if you have officially become a lawyer, you've passed the bar, gone through everything, can you then just decide, I want to be a judge? You can. And so it, it almost in some ways is that simple. You're, you're a lawyer, you can just say, I want to be a judge and run for judge. And if you get the most votes, you're now a judge. Okay. Um, so you have to be a licensed lawyer and you have to be 30 years old. But other than that... 30, okay. The magic number. Um, the magic number. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's for state court, at least. I'm not sure. General Sessions and some other municipal courts may be different. But for state court, circuit, criminal court in Shelby County, it's 30. So you have a lot of people that are, are running and... Um, their qualifications may be a lot different than other people. So you really have to do your research. Let's just get into it. I've, I've always been intrigued by this. When you come out as an attorney, you probably practice in a field. Some attorneys do general practitioner uh-huh. stuff, so they're exposed to all different kinds of law. But for the most part, people come out, they go to work for a law firm, they're going to practice in a certain field. But then when you're a judge, you could have any case, any type of law come up before you as a judge. So 
how does a judge uh, prep for a case if it's an area of law that they're not, you know, experienced in? That, that's a great question. It's a, a lot of research and, and prep and reading beforehand to make sure you understand what the issues are and what the procedure is, what the burden of proof is, who's got what requirements. Um, you know, we you do have a lot of, of lawyers who focus in a particular area, but as a circuit judge where I am, we do everything from divorces, simple divorces, complex okay. divorces. You may have a custody dispute. You may have a financial dispute to medical malpractice, car accidents, contract cases. And mm. so it's changing every single day what we're looking at. I would assume then, in a way, every day is interesting and different because it's not the same thing. It's one of the things I love about the job is every day is different. The fact patterns are different, different types of cases. It certainly keeps you on your toes. You've got to be uh, quick thinking and quick moving. Wow. Okay, I do have to ask, um, because I, I don't know this for sure. I know that around Memphis kind of messing with politics a little bit and helping out with campaigns, some elected positions are not their full-time job. Is being a judge full-time job? Probably more than a full-time job. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yes. Okay. So it, well, but it does depend on what judge you are. So okay. if you're a municipal judge, say in Bartlett, uh-huh. um, which is not on the ballot, it'll be on the ballot in November, um, those are part-time jobs. Collierville's municipal judge, Judge Leanne Dobson, she's part-time. Okay. So she also has uh, a law practice on the side in addition to being a judge. But circuit and criminal court, chancery court, um, those are all full-time jobs. I know you're up on the ballot right now, so I, I don't want to put the taboo out there, but if something, if you were not to win, would that then mean that you would go back to just being a basic lawyer? Not that that's basic at all. Um, and when there's so many different things you can do with a law degree. So okay. um, I hope to still be a judge in the next yeah. 45 yes. days. <laughs> but yes, I could, go, I could go back to practicing law. Okay. I could go in-house, out-of-house. You all know lawyers can do a lot. They yeah, it's lot, really yeah. actually amazing the the number of things that having just having a law degree, even if you even if you never pass the bar exam, just having a law degree, having studied in a law school for the three years that it takes to graduate, you can do so many things with that degree. There are so many topics, so many areas that you study to get your law degree that you could literally go into anything. But obviously, a lot of people go to law school because they want to practice. So yeah, I, I, sorry when you were saying that. I you know we are pop culture podcast as well. I was picturing Elle Woods going, what, go to law school? Like, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about going to law school at one point, and then I saw how much reading you have to do. So much. And it sounds like it's once you get in that profession to be, there's there's good lawyers and there's bad lawyers, just like there's good doctors and bad doctors. And to, I think, excel in it, like you said, your court cases come up and you've got to do the research. You've got to make sure that you're doing your due diligence to find out what is this case? What do you need to know about it? And the law, I assume, is constantly changing, and you've got to keep up with it. It is. And we get an email every day of the new uh, Court of Appeals opinions that come out, and you have to read them to keep up with any changes and and be ready for the next day. So much of being a judge is done off the bench Mm -hmm. in preparation and and work after the case and before the case. Um, That that goes unseen, then not just sitting on the bench. The thing that absolutely horrifies me about practicing law in the courtroom Uh is the procedural stuff. Civil procedure and evidence were probably my two worst classes in law school. So I hate going into the courtroom because I'm always afraid that I'm going to mess something up because I, you know, I don't have enough experience that I I feel comfortable going in every time I'm like, am I doing this right? And so, you know, you look up at the judge and the judge is sort of the, the ultimate sort of decider of whether or not you're doing things right. And that's why all judges scare me. (laughs) (laughs) She's not scary though. No, I'm just saying. No, I mean, I think it's definitely an intimidation factor. I think in a way you want that. It's, a judge should be 
I mean, they are in a position of power. And if you have to go before a judge, then it needs to be respected and that you hope you never really have to go before a judge. So you were, elect- she said, you, you have to be respected. Did, did the way that people act toward you change after you were elected to the bench? Yes. Did it? Um, I was not expecting that. Um, so I was a- appointed by the governor and then elected in 18. And I was, at the time that I was appointed, the youngest in the state of Tennessee. And so I was still fairly young as an, a lawyer. And so I remember there'd be senior partners of law firms who wouldn't, return my phone calls and now Ooh. they're in court and they like <laughs> acting like my best friend or or um you know going to the grocery store on sunday morning and i'm in my yoga pants and my t-shirt my baseball cap and someone goes hey judge and i'm like oh my goodness i just <laughs> need to get milk for my kids <laughs> um so definitely there's definitely a change but I, I always try to stop people because they'll in the grocery store judge and i'm like my name's mary mm-hmm. i'm still a regular person yeah and i think that's important for judges to to keep in mind yeah, I will say that um, Cam being our awesome communications, marketing guru, all things, making sure we're staying best with this podcast, texted and said, how do I, what do I call? I'm like, Mary? I don't know. Like, because that's how I've known you. That's I, I went to high school with you. I've seen you out doing your amazing things with the Houston band. And that's where I always still go, oh, that's Mary. My name did not change <laughs> no. when I when I got the appointment and was elected. Yeah. Go, go ahead. I was, you said you were appointed. What did you, how did that work? Did you like reach out to the governor and say, hey, Gov, you know? <laughs> No, not at all. And so that's an important thing you can look at when you're voting on judges. Um, certainly there's great ones that don't go through that appointment process. But when I was appointed, you had to fill out a very lengthy application. You're interviewed by this panel of people from across the state, lawyers and non-lawyers. It's a public interview. It's the oh. most intense job <laughs> interview you might ever go through. Um, they send three names to the governor. Um, the TBI does a background check. The governor interviews the three candidates, and then he can choose one of those, or he can say, I don't like any of them. Give me a new slate. Mm. And so um, it's a pretty thorough vetting process for the judges who've gone through a, an appointment. I mean, that's that's good to know that it's not just a willy-nilly of, hey, Gov, get me on this. <laughs> willy-nilly. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I've got to ask because you said when I talked about, it's, you know, is this a full-time job? And you said it's more than a full-time job. So how are you, how, how does this process work right now where you are a judge? You, I assume, have court cases. You've got full work you need to be doing, but yet you're also having to try and position yourself that people know, hey, I need your vote. I need you to help keep me in this position. So, because I I know helping David with some of his school board campaigns, then that has been a full-time job trying to juggle that. So how are you handling that? It's a juggle. It's And being a mom too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't see a lot of the kids these days, Um, but you're doing mostly, you're either in court or campaigning and that's the life for like the last 12 months. Um, right now with early voting going on, um, the, the courts slow down a little bit. Um, I've got some great colleagues that are pitching in for things that have to get done. And I, I go in usually in the mornings and then head to the polls in the afternoons because um, the polls open at 11. But it's, it's a juggle. It's a lot. There's not much else going on but work and, and campaigning. Wow. So what I heard from that is you've got a good support team around you. I do. And it takes that both at home and uh, at work. We talk about on this on these podcasts a lot about how that it's you're got to be driven to what you want to do and have your goals in mind. But if you don't have a support team behind you, whether it's you know 
financial advisors, you know, attorneys making sure that you're doing the right things, but also that family, because if, if you don't have people helping you out, willing to stand on corners and wave signs for you, then I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yes, certainly. And your family too, for any elected official, but they take a sacrifice. I mean, my, my two-year-old on Monday, I said, grandma's going to pick you up. He goes, again? Like, yep. Yep. You're another night with grandma, which he loves, but, um, Certainly, the family plays a big role as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if someone was to come to you, say, you know, high school kid, and said, I, I want to be like you, what kind of advice would you give to them? Um, the two main points are whatever you do, do it well. Um, you have to have high quality work, you have to uh, be good at reading and analysis reading comprehension, those types of things. You can really do anything in high school or undergrad and still be a great lawyer. Um, And the other thing is your reputation. As a lawyer and a judge, your reputation and integrity is everything. If you lose it, it's a lot harder to get it back than it is to build it up. And so things like that. I tell high school students all the time, I love to tell them, I'm like, who's got a Facebook? And they usually tell me I'm old because I have Facebook. (laughs) Um, But whatever your choice social media is, when I applied, uh, I had to give all my screen names and social media accounts to the governor's office. And they dug through them. And and so you tell high school students, do you want the governor going through your TikTok account right now? And they kind of look at me and I'm like, yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. And Mm so guard yourself publicly and and make sure you're, you're presenting your best self. That is a hot topic for sure right now that I think people, I mean, I've noticed it even this past um, presidential election that we had where there is a ton of people that are just putting everything out there. And while, yeah, your current employer may be fine with you just blasting everything out there, what if you go to another job? What if they're looking back at it? I, I, I guess it's the lawyer side of it because my dad was telling me before I got out of college, it's like, clean up your Facebook. And and sorority, I think, kind of helped me with that because you would get X's on your pictures if they were inappropriate. <laughs> and so thankfully, I think I only got one X once and there was like a beer can in the background. But I, I think that in one regard, people are too public about everything and don't think about how it can come back and bite them in the butt. And I would think even in court cases, especially divorces probably, there, there may be like exhibit A and it's something like from a Facebook post. We see social media and in, in evidence all the time, especially family law cases, but even in, in car accident. I remember as a lawyer, I had a was doing a case with a, a college kid because I represented some fraternities and kid got hurt at a fraternity event and the three weeks later he's posted on Facebook he was water skiing or something it's like well you're not so hurt if you're um so yeah social media is it's a hot thing right now so flipping it so we're not dogging it as much I've wondered does social media in a way help with some of it too in that now there's so many different people that have their phones out and are filming so when something happens you've got all these different angles and perspectives of a situation or does that just cloud it and make it no, I think in a way, be, because, and I mean, I can think of cases I have now where you get one set of pictures and it shows one side of the story, and then they're like, wait a second, here's the other pictures that were also taken. Here's the full story. Mm-hmm. And so you can get a full picture, and that is helpful. So it, it has a balance. It just occurred to me, you know, one of the things that obvious to me, obvious to you, but maybe not obvious to everybody, 
the judge can sit as a finder of fact, or the, there can be a jury that is the finder of fact. What would you say the breakdown is? And by the finder of fact, I mean if there is a jury trial. Uh-huh. Okay, so I'm, I'm. This is this is not for anybody necessarily in the room. This is just for our listeners. If there is a jury trial, then the judge doesn't actually decide whether or not some somebody is telling the truth on the stand. That's all left up to the jury. The judge doesn't dis- determine what the facts are. The mm-hmm. facts are presented by the lawyers to the jury, and the jury is the finder of fact, okay? But you don't have to have a jury trial. The lawyers can say, judge, we want you to, to do everything. Mm-hmm. What would you say the breakdown is, Mary, between the jury trials that you have versus the times that you're actually, it's, it's a bench hearing? So it depends on how you look at it. But the most of what is filed in court is jury trials. But most of what we are actually hearing is bench trials. The jury trials, each judge in Shelby County does seven to nine maybe 10 jury trials a year in the, in the civil courts, criminal courts, very different. Um, and so if you think about, you know, if I do at most nine jury trials in a year versus all the other days that I'm sitting on, on the bench hearing contested matters, which are mostly family law matters that are actually being heard from a bench trial perspective. So not that many are going to jury trials, Mm. but those usually settle out of court, um, beforehand. Lord knows I always wanted to settle mine. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've done in my entire life. I think I've actually argued one case in front of a jury one time. That was enough. I, that, was, that was plenty for yeah. me. Okay, I was gonna say. So since you brought up jury trial, so obviously when people get that letter in the mail that they have jury duty, give give us a plus on like why that's so important. That understanding the honor maybe of them being able to be on a jury. So I tell all my jurors that you know jury duty is is a privilege and it's a duty that we all have. And it's really not that bad. I know we all get, I got those envelopes and go, Oh my goodness. Um, but it's, it's usually a day or two. Um, you're called for a week, but 90% of people are done within a day or two. You're not there for the full week. There are some exceptions. You may be there for more. Um, I tell every juror that comes to my courtroom, I say, I challenge you to come tell me afterwards if you did not enjoy this. And so far, I've done uh, about 36 jury trials in the last six years, almost six years. Uh-huh. No one has come to me and said, that was awful. I've had a couple jurors say, can I come back? <laughs> and I'm like, well, sure. I'll sign you up next week. But no one's come to say that was just awful and miserable, and I never want to do that again. Yeah, I think that it would be very interesting. Now, I know that there is a big selection that happens, and there's certain you know vetting people to make sure that you have the right juror. Of course... I have to admit, I watched the show Bull, where it's like the jury, like science behind it. Mm-hmm. So I'm seeing that side of it. Now, obviously, I know that's that's like it's dramatized. It's drama. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. That's not happening in Memphis. But it was based on it was it was based on Doctor Phil's career before yeah. he became a TV personality. So I mean, the the character of Bull is is based on Doctor Phil. Yeah, that's what Doctor Phil did before he before he went on TV as a, a TV psychiatrist. So. There is some some reality to it. Not not there are people that do that. I've had big trials where they've for jury selection for Vore Dyer, they've brought someone in to sit there and kind of whisper in the attorney's ears of ask this and look at that person and how they're reacting, Mm. those sort of things. Oh, so it is real. It's it is it's it's real, yeah. (laughs) To an extent. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't think they necessarily the the, the people that actually do it have like a, a a secret base camp full of computers and 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 so forth like Bull does on his TV show but yeah there are people that do it that's their specialty. Yeah. Do you love what you do? I do. Absolutely. If you had a crystal ball and you could look into the future and figure out, you know, you knew what was happening, what would you see yourself doing 20 years from now? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's a hard question. I I there's so many different options there. 
Uh, if I'm still doing exactly what I'm doing, I'm happy. But, you know, 20 years is a long time. <laughs> so. <laughs> so despite it sometimes mannerisms changing with people now approaching you just as judge instead of Mary and there being some harder times and not a lot of times being thanked, do you still feel fulfilled with what you're doing? I do. Because I see when the cases come in, whether it's someone who's been hurt in a car accident or a bad divorce case, and I see the difference I can make in making sure that their problem is resolved appropriately, fairly, and quickly, hopefully. So prior to this, we did a, a, a list of kind of our favorite pop culture, fictitious type judges. <laughs> Do you happen to have a favorite TV or movie judge that maybe, or, or maybe a couple? I don't know that I do. <laughs> I mean, there's some real doozy ones out there. I mean, I guess y'all are too young for really Wapner. Wapner was before your time, wasn't he? You, I'm saying Wapner and you're, you're looking at me like you don't even know who Wapner is. Nope. Have you ever seen the movie Rain Man? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. You remember he always says 10 minutes to Wapner? Like that was Dustin Hoffman's character. That was like his big thing was 10 minutes to Wapner. Judge Wapner was the first TV judge that I was ever familiar with. Um, and he was the judge on a show called People's Court. Okay. So he was really my first exposure to any sort of pop culture judge. And of course, um, I talked about him briefly during the during the list earlier, but yeah, Wapner is he's he's the king of the judges as yeah. far as I'm concerned. I don't know why when we first started talking about this and doing a fun little pop culture judge, then the first one that popped in my head was uh, the movie Nothing But Trouble. It is a very strange movie, but Dan Aykroyd plays this judge, and it's essentially this very small town. And they have a speed trap set up. And it's like, it's one of those movies where multiple actors play multiple characters. And it's got Demi Moore in it. And essentially they get to this judge, he sentences them, and then it's like a torture house. It's it's very strange. <laughs> but it was, yeah. What about Judge Judy? Uh, see, in Judge Judy, I think that's always like ingrained in especially our generation's head, I feel like. It's like, oh, Judge Judy. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard Cameron pipe up from, from, from off mic there. From, from the far <laughs> from across the room. Cameron is still here. He's just not talking because we took away his microphone. Wait, we let Mary have it. We let the judge have it, okay? He proudly passed over. Okay, I gotta ask. This is my last little funny one. So, obviously, we are, we are still recording in our law library, and I'm looking at um, some of these judges that are around here with the nice powdered wigs. <laughs> Do you, do you secretly wish one day you could wear the powdered wigs? I am very glad we have moved away from the powdered wigs. I will say there's a rumor around the courthouse I've heard that one of uh, my predecessors, I mean, several predecessors ago, uh, one of his last trials, he made the attorneys wear the wigs because he thought it was cool. Um, and I'm <laughs> still awesome. still trying to confirm that. So it is, but it is a rumor. Um, I'm I'm thankful we are not having to wear the wig. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to know what judge that was. That's a that's a beautiful sense of humor. Okay, so since we're talking about the wigs, what about the robe? What about the robe? The gown, the robe. Was that magical for you when you when you put on the robe for the first time? Uh, it was really a, an odd the first time you put it on and step up because in my chambers the, the magical chamber is down a couple of stairs so with you step out onto the bench and it's just it is a weird feeling of. Oh my goodness, here we go. And so, it, yeah. What was your first hearing? What was your first hearing ever? Uh, I believe it was an order of protection case. Mm. Or it was some petition related to a, a family law dispute. Mm. So, yes. Okay, magical chamber. So there's nothing magical about judges' chambers. <laughs> yes, there is. Um, Come on now. 
They are, it's a room that's very similar to this with lots of shelves and books on, on the wall. And uh, I have a, a standing desk trying to get a little bit of exercise <laughs> uh, and a computer and lots of papers. Uh, David has a, uh, a treadmill that fits underneath his standing desk so that he, it's, it's made, I guess, to, to fit underneath your desk so that you can stand at your standing desk and walk at the same time. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. You should get one. I have to look at that. Um, okay, well, I did ask you about pop culture, but so is there a judge, a real judge, historical judge maybe, that you really admire or enjoy? I mean, there's several judges. I clerked for two judges, and that's kind of where, so I never had the idea to be a judge until I clerked, and I clerked for a local judge, Judge Butch Childers, who's on the circuit court, and then Judge Steve Stafford, and that's where I got to see what the judges do. So, of course, those two. Uh, we're, we're blessed to have Justice Holly Kirby, in, in Memphis, who's uh, a female judge, obviously, and she's um, she's a background in engineering, and then she went to the Court of Appeals, and um, her career is is inspiring. So those would be my first three that I think of. Judge Childers was was the, he was formerly the chief judge of the circuit court. He is famous for having done an, an Elvis impersonation. Oh, um, several, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was he's he's an amazing guy. He was uh, he was a great judge and also just a, a great guy. So yeah, he was he's fantastic. Uh, haven't had experience with the other ones you talked about, but I do know Butch, and he was awesome. Um, last one, I think. What is your favorite aspect of the law? If you had to pick, kind of an area you really enjoyed. Family, civil, criminal. Uh, if I had to, then that's a hard part. And that's one reason I like my job is I don't have to pick one area. Um, I Best love worlds. <laughs> I, I love a good legal problem where you have to get down into the legal analysis and maybe statutory interpretation. A, a, a good civ pro question is, mm. is <laughs> as I look at you. <laughs> um, those are the things I like. I call it the, the legal nerd things so mm. <laughs> civ pro civil procedure that's the rules of court okay oh. so when when i say civil procedure or when she says civ pro that's 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 the rules of 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 how you do things in court and that's that's really my achilles heel when it comes to <laughs> this stuff well i mean that's i'm just so fascinated because there are so many different aspects of it like i know just within our industry we have to you know have basic knowledge of accounting legal financial and so I just can't imagine all of the knowledge that you have to compact into your brain and still try and not just be overloaded with so much of it. And then you're still incredibly personable because that's what, I don't know, in my image, I guess it's been very much of a judge and it seems very stoic and serious, but you are very personal. You're just, you're Mary. When you're not sitting behind the bench, you're a person you are who care about the city. You are a mom and have contributed a lot. I'll say that's one of my favorite parts is early voting. I'm standing out in the parking lot and greeting people. I, hey, I'm Judge Wagner. I'd love your vote. You're Judge Wagner? <laughs> yep, that's me here in my baseball cap. And, and so that's the fun part is getting to see the community and, and show them, hey, I, I am just a real person. The building where you work. Because I love our courthouse. I think it is beautiful. I think it's absolutely, and it must be cool to go to work there every day. It really is. I mean, that that's, again, I keep saying one of the things I love. Um, we have, I think, one of the prettiest, if not the prettiest courthouses in the, in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. And so to get to walk into this exquisite building made mm -hmm. of Tennessee marble that's over 100 years old, it, it adds sort of to the level of the respect of the seriousness of what you're doing. I would to, think so, yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, okay, local people who listen to us, if you haven't been to the courthouse, you should go. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have seen 201 Poplar, the criminal 
building because, you know, you go there to get your ticket taken care of or something like that. <laughs> that is not a, a courthouse. Where Mary works, it is a, a phenomenal building. It is gorgeous. And of course, it was built, there was there, there were originally three buildings that were built around the same time, the courthouse, the police station, and the firehouse. And the only one that still is acting and serving in the role that it was originally built for is the courthouse. The police station is shut down and the firehouse is now a museum. But... It's it's a cool building. I love it. I love yeah. it. So if you haven't gone, if you haven't seen it, you should go. You should see it. It's beautiful. Why is it important to make sure people don't just Christmas tree when they're having the option to vote for judges? I guess what I'm trying to say is that people need to understand the importance of judges and why picking the right people. And so I don't know if maybe you want to speak to that in a generalized. Well, I think it's kind of going back to what we started with is the judges are out of sight, out of mind until you find yourself in court. Mm -hmm. But if you, I'd said this once at an event, if you've been through a divorce or know someone who's been through a divorce or you've been in a car accident or maybe someone's not paid you a debt they owe you or maybe you did some work and someone didn't pay you. And I think those three things, almost all of us can say, oh yeah, I've been there. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what we do as judges has affected you. And um, so we're not really out of sight, out of mind, but you, until you're in that crunch, you don't think about it. So judges are extremely important in, in resolving those disputes. One of your worst days could be at the hands of these judges. So do your research. There's some great uh, resources out there from lawyers or the Memphis Bar Association uh, with recommendations. If you, if you don't know, I'd say leave it blank. Um, <laughs> but hopefully you do your research and you know before you go in. This particular ballot that is coming up is a long it's, ballot. Yeah. So, I mean, with all the judges on there and with everything else that, that people are voting for, it's it's a long ballot. So it is going to be really, it, it, you should vote, A, first of all, everybody go vote. But also, it, it would be it would be in your best interest to do your research ahead of time and have an idea of who you want to vote for. Because just making your way through the ballot t- could take 15, 20 minutes and that's once you get up to the actual little voting machine. Yeah, because I, I, I need to early vote. But I'm wondering if, have they changed the rules or can you actually go in with your own little cheat sheet? You can take paper in and you and now can take your phone in. Oh. So if you have it on your email or, so the, there's a Go Vote TN app, okay. um, which is great. You can plug your name and your address in and see your actual ballot. So everyone's varies a little bit based on where you live. Um, so you can see your ballot ahead of time. You can make your marks and screenshot it. And, and walk right in there and vote. And so I'll, I'll make a plug for that app. But also the Memphis Bar Association did a poll on all the judicial races okay. as to who the lawyers all over Shelby County thought was most qualified. And so that's a great resource um, to get a list of all the judges. Memphis Bar Association sends out that poll to every single attorney that they have in their list. So every you're you're getting the opinion, the the majority opinion of, you know, every attorney in the city in the in the county has the opportunity to answer this poll. So yeah, uh, and, and the attorneys are the ones that are in front of the judges the most. So you would you would assume you that would, they know. Yeah, you would trust them. And, yeah. and I mean, I'll do a plug that we haven't really ever talked about this because politics are always usually something we stay out of. But I would just remind everybody it's kind of a dud moment, but it's just you and that ballot. No one else is there. No one is going to know what you voted for. So don't vote just because of your best friend or your family. You personally decide who you want to vote for, and that's who you pick. Because it's at the end of the day, it's who you believe in and you don't need to be trendy and just go with what everybody else says to do. Do your own research. You have the power. And and if you Katie, you realize you're bullseyeing. I know. You're, and if you're you don't your... but if you don't do the research then I mean like you can't complain. It's because you you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. You just threw your vote away. Judge Wagner, thank you so much for coming. Yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.
really gonna do a bullseye, although you think I kind of did one already, Court. But it's you're just, always bullseyeing, Katie. I'm just always wrapping it up and giving people bite-sized nuggets. But I had fun with Mary. I think uh, she she gave us some great information. I know Cam was off mic during the interview section. Oh boy, if I had had my mic, I would have asked. 300 questions. (laughs) I really enjoyed that. It was not necessarily a financial topic, but that's very important because obviously if you don't have the right judges, it can be financially devastating to you. As she mentioned in there, have you had a divorce? Have you had an issue with someone not paying debts? Have you had issues with a car wreck? Those are when you need those judges and it is an out of sight, out of mind. So if you don't pick the right people to represent you, you don't go out there and vote and elect these great judges, then it can be a financial devastation to you. So you have the power. Go vote. Go do this. Find those good people and do your research. I don't know. That sounds suspiciously like a bullseye to me, Katie, even (laughs) though you said we weren't going to do one. It was also a good conversation on careers, which is obviously financially related. Absolutely. I mean, and again, it's, you know, I kind of, we say that it wasn't financially related, but everything's financial. Well, and keep in mind that, you know, one of the things that I guess should be obvious is is she's a lawyer too. So there's the aspect of the fact that before and after she is a judge, she will always be a lawyer. And uh, so there's there's another career aspect for you. And plus, you know, just I like having other lawyers on the show. (laughs) She was awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mary. That was awesome. Um, maybe, maybe we'll bring her back and talk a little bit more about stuff. I know I really wanted to ask more about specific cases, not like naming things, but just what were some of her crazy cases or difficult cases, but I wasn't sure if she's allowed to talk about it or not. Maybe after it's not an election season. (laughs) Okay. I think we're done. Unless you want to bullseye something since I bullseyed. (laughs) Nope. There's the closing gavel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beamed directly to your favorite listening device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about me, Katie, and Cameron, please feel free to go to our website. That's bullcastpodcast.com. You can comment, you can leave a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss, or you can just chime in on anything that we talked about today or on any other episode. If you like pictures, boy, do we have the pictures. As a matter of fact, we got a picture of us with the Judge Mary Wagner today. Those pictures usually go up on Instagram, and our Instagram handle is at Bullcast Podcast. Also, we have the tweets. Boy, do we have the tweets. We Twitter on the twits with all the tweets all the time. And the, the Twitter tweets. handle is <laughs> at Bullcast Podcast as well. Finally... Katie, Cameron, and I all work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about us, more about our team, more about our boss, David Pickler, please feel free to go to that website. That is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you so much information today that I feel like we have done our job and can move on with our lives, and so can you. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cameron. And Court is adjourned.